0: All right, so today we're going to talk about Shabbos, but because it is uh, the eve of Hanukkah, so uh, tomorrow night Hanukkah begins. So we'll have to we'll have to tie into Chanukah, um, especially because next week we won't have a class. Next Wednesday on Hanukkah. next Wednesday is actually the Kolel's big Hanukkah, party. All are invited. Um, We sent out the info, but if you need it, I'll get it to you. So I'll be busy with preparing for that. So we're not going to have class next Wednesday, but we will have a Hanukkah party next Wednesday night at 7 at Southeast Congregation in White Oak. Okay, so uh, so we'll start with some thoughts about Hanukkah and then we'll uh, segue um, into some ideas about, sorry, we'll start with some ideas about Shabbos and then we'll segue into some ideas about Hanukkah at the end. Uh, so uh, so let's begin by examining a few verses back at the beginning of the creation, um, or really the end of the creation in a certain sense. And uh, that's when the Torah talks about Shabbos back in Veracious Genesis chapter two. And it says there, um, on the seventh day, the work that he did, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he did. And then it says, and God blessed the seventh day, and he hallowed it or sanctified it. He stopped, abstained from all of his work asher bara, that he created to do. So the Arachayim in his commentary raises a number of questions regarding these two verses and connects all of the answers. So first of all, um, it's bit strange the way that the Torah says it. It says, he completed on, on the seventh day, his work that he did. Now, if I was helping somebody write, um, I would tell them that actually this just happened last night when I was helping my daughter write something where she kind of did that, where she it's 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 redundant, it's not elegant, there's no need to say that he did. That he did is extra. Um and again at the end of the verse verse, he abstains from all his work that he did. So uh that seems extra. If, for, if my I'm getting a message on my screen that my internet is unstable. I that's, I usually don't get that message. Um, and I going coming in and out. Uh, you've been freezing briefly, but, uh, so far I've been able to hear everything you've said. Okay. do anybody understand anything I said? <laughs> yeah, um, you've been clear. You've been clear. Okay. <laughs> You're good. Very, yeah, good. Okay. I'm going to keep going. Thank you. So, uh, Okay, so first of all, what's this idea that he did? Um, Furthermore, he asks uh, the sages of the Midrash and the Talmud that it says, and he completed his work on the seventh day. Now, what does that mean? Didn't God complete his work after the end of the six days? And then the seventh day, he rested. So what does it mean that he completed? It sounds like he worked on the seventh day. He created on the seventh day. Why does work on the seventh day? What did he do on the seventh day? That was work. That was a completion of the work. And thirdly, on the second verse that we read, verse three. So he uh, he wonders about this uh, this terminology for on that day he rested. For thereon he abstained from all his work that God created to do. So it sounds like he rested even from creating. Now many explain, many understand that the way that God created the world, including the and the Rambang and Nachmanis, many commentaries say that creation, so to speak, only took place on day one, meaning God created matter on the first day where we find the word bara bara Elokim in the beginning of god's creation and after that we don't find the word bara in the creation so we find yatsar that god formed um and so the the act of creation was really the first day and the rest of the days were really acting mean, because the word bara creates has a connotation of from nothing something from nothing After that, God was taking that matter that he had created and 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 forming the rest of existence with it. And so, in a sense, it, 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 God rested from creating already after the first day. The, he rested from Bria, from Barah, after the first day. In what way, how could we say, why does it say that he, he rested from creation? He rested from that which he had created on the seventh day. So these are the questions raised by the Orachaim. Um, so says the Orachaim, based on a teaching of the Gemara, that in fact, after God created the world in six days, complete. The language uses is, is the world was unstable. It was unstable. It wasn't. Uh, it was. It was on shaky ground still until God created. Shabbos. Shabbos is what gave the world its ability to be sustained, to be on stable ground, and and that was giving. Because 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 when when God created Shabbos, He gave the world its nephesh, its soul, and the soul is what sustains everything. And so the a person's a person is alive so long as they have a soul. And the world can be sustained so long as it has a soul. And Shabbos, he says, was the nephesh, was the soul of the world. In Shemos, in Exodus chapter 31, a verse that we read as part of the, the, the daytime Kiddush, we say, It's a sign between, uh, between me and the children of Israel forever. And at the end of that verse, we say, and on the seventh day, God abstained. What does fash mean? So here the translation says, and he rested. And there's different approaches to how it explained the word Vayinafash. But the Nefesh, the Orachayim says fash relates the word Nefesh. And the Nefesh is one of the words for soul. It's a part of the soul. And what it means is Vayinafash. God gave the world its soul. Shabbos is the soul or gives the gives the all of creation a soul is and that's what sustains all of creation. And so and uh by the way, he says he quotes a Zohar, and the Zohar says that the reason why a child, a boy, a baby boy, only on the eighth day, meaning after a full seven days have passed, is because, um, and the same is true, by the way, we don't bring an offering from any animal until seven days have passed. And that is because um, it takes a Shabbos. It's only once, you have to make, if you have seven days pass, then you're guaranteed that a Shabbos will have passed. And, uh, and And that's where the soul... The, the, the soul, so to speak, comes in, um, and, uh, and fine, so that's, so so based on that, we'll explain the verses, but I'll take a question before we go back to explain verses, yeah. Thank you, Um, so my question is, is that a creation of the nefesh on Shabbos, or is it, that the infusion of, like, is that considered work, if they, if Hashem's infusing the nefesh of, to maintain the world on Shabbos? Okay, it's a fair question, and uh, and I would say that the Arachaim is learning that yes, that's that can be described as something that, in, in in other words, it's an addition, right? It's something that's being added, that's being put into into existence on that day. So in that sense, it's a creation. It's not a physical creation, but it's it's something added. So so you've already uh, you know gone the next step towards answering the question um so if we go back to our questions regarding the verses so so the first one was it says that god completed his work on the seventh day well what did god do on the seventh day what did he create i thought he just seized i thought he just abstained so the answer is no that's the day by you know it's nefesh it's soul and that is what sustains all of existence and uh and on the next verse, on verse 3, where it says that he rested from the work that he had that he had created to do. So, sorry, even before that, sorry, still in verse 2, it says, God completed on the seventh day his work. That so sounds inelegant, redundant. Why do you have to say the work that he did? The idea is that the work that he did wasn't complete. Until he gave it its soul. Because that work, all of that he had created, was really still incomplete. Even the things that were already created weren't created. They they were not done yet. They weren't complete. Because they didn't have that nefesh that would sustain them. That spiritual energy that would sustain them. Now, what would have happened if God had not created that, that, that seventh day, that Shabbos? Would everything have ceased to exist? what what you know God just created all these things? and uh or maybe ask a question like this, how did everything last until then? if it needs a if it needs the seventh day, if it needs the nephesh in order to 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 survive, to exist, to be sustained, then how did it make it this far? so this is this the asks, and he says that actually, the world was created six days. You know where we see that? We see that in the Ten Commandments. Skip a source for a second, to the last source on page one. For six days, God created the heavens and the earth. Meaning, and it's a good thing this translation put the word in in brackets because it's not actually there. It just says, because six days with the ability to exist for six days that's all it can last that's all that the world can can last on its own is six days how how does it uh how can it last longer it needs a shabbos it needs that nefesh every sixth every seventh day to give it the power to exist and with this we can understand this passage in the Gemara and the Talmud that I, that I brought over here. So in Shabbos, in the Talmud and Shabbos 119 TV, it says, Rava said, some say it was Rabbi even an individual who prays on Shabbat evening must recite the verses from the end of the creation story, that God is preaching, etc. And, uh, and then it says, as Rav Hanunah said, anyone who prays on Shabbat evening recites the passage of Yahful. The verse ascribed him credit as if he became a partner with the Holy One, blessed be he in the act of creation. As it is stated, and the heavens and the earth were finished by Fulu, do not read it as were finished by rather as they finished. Vayahulu, or by sorry. So the the Torah, you know, um, is written without vowels, right? There's no vowels in the Torah. And that's to give us the ability to read letter, words in different ways. And uh, because there's many different layers to meaning in the Torah, and the Gemara is telling us that you're supposed to be able to read this word as Vayechalu. There's a uh, that that one that we sorry Vayechalu It's saying um, yeah yeah sorry they they finished Tuesday, so uh, so the day is us that that we can become partners in creation. So it's a big statement. If you if you if you talk about says it is one who prays on the eve of Shabbos and says by becomes a partner in creation. Now, is this just a fancy way of saying it's a really nice thing to do? Um, to say this, to acknowledge God as creator. So there Achim says no. If it just wanted to say that, it would say that. If it wanted to say that you get great reward for doing it, it would say you get great reward for doing it. It's saying that we become partners in creation. How do we become partners in creation? That we become partners in creation when we observe Shabbos. When we observe the Shabbos, so that gives the creation the ability to go for another week, for another six days. Every six days, creation needs an infusion of a Shabbos. But what's a Shabbos? Shabbos. If there's if 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 there is nobody to observe the Shabbos, then there's no Shabbos. And he says that for all time there have always been people observing Shabbos. He says, Adam, Adam Harishon kept Shabbos, first man. And he goes through the generations, and he says, Each generation, somebody was keeping Shabbos. Exactly what Shabbos they kept, maybe is a type of Shabbos. Um now, once the Torah is given, there's a very specific way to keep Shabbos. But but, uh, but he says they, they kept Shabbos, and that's what gives it the ability to to the world to be sustained. Every six days, it needs a recharge of a Shabbos. It needs that nefesh, infused in it. When we, it's not just to recite these words, but to acknowledge it and then to live that way is the is is what gives creation its endurance and he says that that's what it means in that going back to the first source voracious chapter two verse three it says god bless the seventh day and he have it for thereon he abstained from all his work that god created to we asked what do you mean he abstained from creation on day two right That's he didn't abstain from creation on day seven, all of creation, all of the ex nihilo, all of the yesh the something from nothing was on the first day or after the first day. So that's when he abstained from creating from Berea. So why does it say that on the seventh day he abstained from creating? Because that if there's no Shabbos, then we need to do it. God, we need to do a new creation. Because he didn't he only gave the world the ability to, to stand for six days. And if there wouldn't be a Shabbos, then he would have to go and create again. You know, so so he so so he abstains from having to create over and over again being a Shabbos. Now, why God did this, that's question that's a question that's above us, even right? That's what the Arachaim says you we know, don't for reasons only known known to him. But it teaches us the power of Shabbos. The power of Shabbos. Shabbos says the Orachayim, and he reads it into all these verses. Is what stains the all creation. Linda. So does that mean uh, that every week um, we need the Shabbos? Is it for? Was it just that first Shabbos of creation? Is for every Shabbos that this is true for every week? What we need the says the Ar-Khayim says it's every Shabbos. His language is: You should know that the existence sustains the world. Um, sorry, that, that's that's a different line. He says. Um, That uh, God, in His wisdom, again for reasons we don't necessarily understand, but God creating a world—sorry, uh, a day—that that day influences and uh, and gives nefesh, gives soul to the world exactly enough to sustain it for an additional six days, and um, and and that continues. Continue this day, the world would cease to exist. It would go back to nothingness, and uh, and that's uh, that's every Shabbos that 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 occurs. Okay, so uh, so that's the uh, that's the massive uh, novel idea. We is we we infuse the world with its ability to be sustained. So I want to use, or just maybe go from there and talk a little bit about something I I started to talk about last week, just referenced it, and that is the relationship of Shabbos and the number seven. So so just to point out something fascinating, and we talked about this when we talked about the secrets of of Lashon HaKodesh, of the Holy Hebrew language. Um, And that is as follows, if you look on the source sheet, page number two, so I've highlighted a few things that we associate with Shabbos and. uh, And that uh, those are a candle, which is called a nair. Challah. Fish, it's customary to eat fish on Shabbos, many of the custom dog meat, basar and. Many had the custom to have soup. I don't know if it's a real custom, but but that's common. Com- these are common things that you might find on a Shabbos table. So the, the idea attributed to the Vilna Gaon is this the Value, The value of each of these words. So let's go from the top. Nair is 250. Nun is 50. Ratio is 200. So 250. Um, if you then take the digits of 250, 2, 5, and 0 and you add them, it equals 7. You take wine, numerical value is 70. Seven, 5 plus, 30 plus 8 is 43. 4 plus 3 is 7. Fish, gematria 7. Meat, gematria 502. 5 plus 0 plus 2 is 7. And marak, Kamatria 3 plus three plus four plus zero is seven. So the those those foods and those customs, the, the candle, these things that we uh, engage with on Shabbos, they were created for Shabbos. They were created for this purpose. It seems they they all come back to that number seven that uh, is associated with with Shabbos being the seventh day. Yeah, Chaya Miriam. I just noticed that for the word wine they didn't use a geffen. why why the the word gaffen yes i don't see i mean wine uh, this is another right. word now geffen. yeah so so gaffen is the is the vine um but the word for wine is yayan yeah. um 83 and 50. Um 133. My math is right. Then it would work out also. Is my math right? I think it is. Yeah. Okay. That, that that works too. That uh that's that's very good. <laughs> we'll have to add that to the list. If you don't like wanting to do yain, you could do geffen and get Every word. Not every word adds up to seven. Um most words will not add up to seven. But but if my math is correct, then Geffen does also. It's 133, and one plus three plus three is seven. So that's 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 great. Okay. okay. Um. So what's so special about the number seven besides for that it is the is the the seventh day of the week, which happens to be Shabbos. So so of course God didn't have to take seven days to create. He could have. You know, he created a bunch of things on day six, for that matter. He could have dragged it out. Uh, and he could have created uh, animals on day six, man on day seven, and Shabbos could have been day eight, right? Why is uh? Why is Shabbos day? So the idea is that the the number seven represents completion in this world, because if you take. cube six dimensions so you have every everything physical has six dimensions to it and the what holds everything together what unites the whole thing is the seventh point and so the number seven represents something that's 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 complete that has completion in this world um, in this case, something that's infused with, uh, with something, with something to sustain it, sustain, something infused with, uh, with an ephesh, with the soul that's going. got. You see, actually, that the word Sheva or that root, the number seven is Sheva, Shin Veiz Ayin, and, uh. And that root. So first of all, the word shavua, the word week, comes from the same root. But that makes a lot of sense, right? Because a week has seven days. Why? Why take a random word like week, which has, uh, which tells you what it is? It's a seven-day period. Uh, actually, shavua can sometimes mean a seven-year period as well. Um, so, so the word shavua, the word for week, comes from the word seven. But then we have other words with the same root that seem unrelated, like the word sava, sevia. right? We say v'achalta ve'rahta. you should eat. So the word, the root sin v'zayim, which is the same letters. Again, there's no dots. The shin and the sin are the same letter. So that is the same root. So what's the idea that seviyah, that satiation, is the same as the number seven? But the answer is very obvious because what is satiation? It's when you have something and you fill the inside. Satiated. So then you have, then you have completion. It's that same six dimensions. When you fill the inside, then you have sevia, you have satiation. I was thinking about the another word with the same root, which is shivua, uh vowel. Same root, shin vez, ayin. Why is a vow, what does a vow have to do with the number seven? What does a vow have to do with say, she That what's a vow? A vow, a vow is, a, is, a, is a Torah, it has, takes an effect on a Torah level. The Torah instills within us the ability to take a vow. It's not recommended, but one can take a vow. And if one makes a vow, all of a sudden, there's now a Torah obligation to fulfill that vow. And so a vow would be, let's say, I vow, you know, a person takes a vow to uh, to go to shul every day. I don't know, something like that. So whatever it might be, a vow is on an action. So what you have is you have a a something that was purely physical before, it didn't bear with it a spiritual implication. It wasn't something that I was obligated to. Expect. A person takes a vow; they're going to 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 jog around the block every uh, you know every day for for a month, right? Now, before they take that vow, there is nothing spiritual about about that jogging around the block. It's purely a uh, a physical endeavor. It, once a person takes a vow, you know, as a, as a proper vow, again, we don't recommend this, but if somebody would. All of a sudden, they are obligated by Torah law to fulfill that vow. It doesn't mean that it's like a, a great thing to jog around the block because they took the vow, but they have endowed that that act now with the spiritual significance when it previously wasn't there. And if they would not fulfill that vow, they would A biblical commandment to to keep one's word. and so and so, or to fulfill a vow. And so they, they the vow is, is taking something physical and really infusing it with now a spiritual significance. Maybe that's a, that's the relationship of that. But uh, but okay, so uh, so the number seven Shabbos being the number seven. It's not just Shabbos. We have uh, we have the number seven all over um, all over. You know, Judaism, but all over the world, really, all over the physical world. Um, For example, there are seven notes on a musical scale. Um, There are many others, actually. Rabbi Etan Feinger talks about this a lot. He has a whole essay on the ubiquitous number seven, where he has tons of things. He actually mentioned a book that I actually happen to have, which is called uh, Something to Think About by uh, Rabbi Yaakov Solomon, he has a chapter here called The Magnificent Sevens, where he lists off 49, uh, this is of seven, um, where he lists off 49 different uh, occurrences of the number seven in, uh, in Judaism. I'll just tell you a few, Shabbos is the seventh day, there are seven weeks counting the Omer, there are seven days of a holiday in Israel, Pesach, Passover, and Shavu- and uh Sukkot. Um, there's seven years of the Shemitah cycle, seven cycles of the Shemitah until we have a Jubilee year. Um on Sukkot, when we take the four species, it's really seven because there's there's uh one Lula of Long Esro, and then the others combine to another, another um, another five um and uh over over many seven seven Noahide laws seven blessings at a wedding sheva brachos the torah when uh, on shabbos um on and on the bride walks around the groom seven times at a wedding we wrap our tefillin seven times on our arm and uh there are seven species in Israel, seven, right? The Shivataminim, Shiva seven special species. There are seven continents in the world. You mentioned seven musical notes, seven seas. On and on, many, many different examples. So seven is it, seven represents completion in this in this world. And uh and that leads us to the number eight. And because uh, Hanukkah is coming, Hanukkah is eight days. And uh, we, we, the, the the big question regarding Hanukkah, they call it the base Yosef's question, although uh, Rabbi R- R- Yosef Caro, the author of Shulchan Arach, he wasn't the first to ask it. Why is Hanukkah eight days? After all, the miracle of the oil. It lasted for eight days, the oil, but the miracle was only seven days because there was enough oil. only seven days? So why is Tanaka eight days? So of course, many, many answers to this question, but we'll talk about the number eight and give an answer based on that. So it's really fascinating because we, we mentioned that number seven, Sheva has to do with Sviya, with satisfaction, satiation. Now, what happens if a person over so the person eats the point of satiation and then they keep eating and eating and day after day they eat more and more and more so what happens is the person becomes obese right so so the number eight in hebrew is shmona right is is but the word for for fat is shamein, shmenah the same root the word for oil is shamen same root shin mem nun shamen what's oil oil is something that there it, it gets squeezed out it's that which uh it's it, it's uh there's uh, it no room for it inside and uh and and it comes out represents when there's no room for something inside anymore, right? Because seven is full. There's no, how can you get past seven? It has to get squeezed out if you're going to go past seven, right? There's no more room. It's it's satiated. It's full. So the number eight is represents if, or we could say like this, if number seven represents completion in nature, full, it's going beyond nature. In fact, the Gemara says, the Talmud says that uh, that the uh, the harp in the temple has seven strings, which makes a lot of sense because there are seven, um, seven notes on the musical scale. Um, but the Gemara says. Shia, the harp is going to have eight strings which commentaries explain means there's going to be a new, like a new level of creation. There's going to be something new that comes into existence. There is no eight. if if you play music and you try to go to an eighth note, you, you're just going to be at the first note of the next octave. It's going to be the same as the first note. You try to play H. If you play an H, it's going to be an A, right? There's no such thing as an eighth note. It's just a new octave. But in the days of Mashiach, we're going to go beyond. There's going to be an eighth note. So, so what is Hanukkah about? So Hanukkah is about a... Uh, of course, you, I say this... But one central idea of Hanukkah was a, uh, a group of people who were completely outnumbered. There was... Seemingly no chance of victory for the uh for the Chashmonaim, for the Hasmoneans, and uh, and they rose up and they said, We don't care. We're we're going to push ourselves to try to do that which within nature is not possible for a small group like them to overcome the massive Greek empire, and they pushed themselves. And they pushed themselves beyond their limits. They went past seven, past the limitations of a person bound beyond until the eighth level. How fascinating, Rabbi Feinger points out that they are called the chashmonaim. Let's break that down. Chashmonaim, it starts with the letter ches. What's ches? Ches is eight, right? And what does the rest of that word sound like? Shmonaim. The eight eights, right? The Shmonaim, the, the number Shmona, the right? because that's an Aleph, I think, but but it's it, it's right there, right? The eight eights, these are the the these are the ultimate uh ultimate eights, the ultimate representations of the number eight in pushing beyond the natural limitations of this world, the that the, pushing ourselves to overcome nature and uh and and do what Within the laws of nature. And so, so Hanukkah, represented by the number eight, is eight days long. What was, we, we have two miracles that, that we associate with Hanukkah. We have the miracle, many at the hands of the few, the mighty at the hands of the weak that's what i was just referring to then of course we have the miracle of the oil what's the miracle of the oil well let's start with the word oil it's a miracle with shemen shemen represents this idea shemen oil represents shmona represents something going beyond its limitations if if we were just to examine the the victory of the of the Maccabees the Hasmonean over the Greeks we might uh, be able to to chalk it up to luck strategy um nothing miraculous about it because in a certain way although i'm describing as they happened in a natural way there was no uh, you know they they shot their arrows and they swung their swords and and somehow they were the ones standing and the and the Greeks were were, were the ones lying on the ground but but when the miracle of the oil occurred in the same time, this opening miracle, so that that there were miracles going on. That everything that that's going on is uh, is above nature, and uh, and so it could be that. Uh, and I think this Rabbi Feiner suggested something along these lines. That back to the question: Why is Hanukkah eight days? If the miracle was only seven days, so it's not uh, it's not just about how long the, the the miracle lasted for, but it's what the number eight represents. The number eight represents anything that's above nature, something that that's that that's that's beyond the natural order of the world, and the uh, the miracle of the oil was certainly beyond nature. Was taking a little bit. Again, taking shemin, Shemin, which represents this idea and making it last beyond what it's naturally possible within the laws of nature. and that was a, a a symbol for the victory which was achieved by people who pushed themselves beyond what's humanly possible, who pushed themselves natural. And so the lesson for us from the from the Hashmonaim is actually that sometimes what's not humanly possible can become humanly possible. Um, sometimes it's just a matter of pushing ourselves hard enough. And we see various examples of this throughout. Oh, Yaakov. Um, Yaakov, Jacob rolls a rock off of a well that's a whole group of people is unable to unable to push, right? So, but the answer: How do you do it? So, the answer is that if a person pushes themselves hard enough, then uh, they all of a sudden could become capable of things that uh, that seem humanly impossible. And just as a as a metaphor from that, right? Sometimes we have. We we encounter rocks in our lives, over wells where we can't access that which we need to access. There's something blocking, right? And uh, and we wonder how we can overcome. But sometimes it's just a matter of pushing through, even if something seems impossible. Push ourselves, and God helps us. God makes miracles, and uh, and it becomes possible. And, uh, and that is that is really what the Chashmonaim, the Maccabees, did. In the time of Hanukkah, they they were facing an impossible situation. They uh they the, the Greeks were persecuting the Jewish people, not allowing them to observe or or do circumcision do brismila, which by the way is on the eighth day also. Um, and uh and they and they said, We can't tolerate this, we we have to do whatever we need to do, and uh, and they pushed themselves beyond what's what's naturally possible and uh and god helped them and they achieved represents this idea that uh that the number eight is the shemina it's something that's that when there's no more room within nature for something it's something that's that's above nature and uh we we um commemorate that we symbolize that by having eight days of hanukkah okay well Hold there. Take questions. Thank you, Rabbi. Thank you, Thank you Rabbi. You.